IntelliKey Leadership Stories, the podcast for conscious leaders. We share the lessons learned from global leaders making an impact for their organizations, stakeholders, and investors. For people, community, and environment, we get inspired by their experiences, attitudes, and practices. Here are your hosts for IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast, IntelliKey Leadership Stories, the podcast for conscious leaders. And Kirsten, these are heavy subjects we deal with sometimes, environment, sustainability, good governance, but there is a little hope and light and often a little humor that we can uh, relate to, isn't there? Or so we hope, right? There you <laughs> no go. No pun intended, or so we hope. <laughs> exactly. And that's why we wanted to invite our guest today. Our guest is Ethan Brown. He's the host and founder of a great podcast called The Sweaty Penguin Podcast. And Ethan, as I was telling you, geez, with a title like Sweaty Penguin, we had to have you on the show. Thanks for coming. Oh, thank you for having me. And what's the genesis behind this idea? And I love the subtitle. Antarctica's hottest podcast. Yes, yes. exactly. You know, we're facing these serious and and often a little bit overwhelming issues of like global warming and climate change. And you've really parlayed your degree and your studies in environmental uh, analysis and policy into a podcast, into a channel where we can kind of relate and it's more approachable and it's more understandable. Yeah, that's correct. I did a dual degree with film and television and environmental analysis and policy and a minor in innovation and entrepreneurship. So all three of those really that's played quite into a this. Diagram. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and, and mind you for our audience, he's young. So I don't know like how you have achieved all these degrees in one shot or, you know, <laughs> I just need to put that out there. A lot of all-nighters and... <laughs> Yeah, I learned about climate change probably, I don't know, middle school, high school, and I was very scared and concerned, but I just couldn't find it interesting or fun to learn about, which I'm sure many people can relate to. And I was going into college at that point just for film and television, but I really felt like film and TV is storytelling and I need a story to tell and I know how important these issues are but I would love to actually enjoy (laughs) learning about them. So I started just taking some college classes and I think it was there where I started to realize what I found interesting about it and what I realized was kind of holding me off before. I think seeing all the environmental media I was seeing, it was always very overwhelming and it was always so heavily politicized, the facts and science and policy and debate and like it was all just intertwined. And in college, I was kind of learning how there's actually a wide variety of approaches to solving environmental issues. Um, So I was kind of figuring out throughout college how I could tell these stories in a less overwhelming and politicized way. And eventually uh, in quarantine, that led to the birth of the Sweaty Penguin podcast. I love Mm. it. So Ethan, you bring these super expert guests on, global knowledgeable experts, they're professors, they're from all over the world. And yet you're able to present the topic with a little bit of levity. 
Well, these professors are so, so, so good at what they do, but it is not part of their job description to write their work in a way for folks who are not environmental academics to understand. And I've really taken a lot of pleasure in using my degree and the expertise of my teammates to kind of actually sit down and read some of their academic papers and try to figure out what's interesting about this. How can we present this and contextualize this for people who are not going to read one of these journals? I had one professor on who was so thankful after the episode came out because now his family finally understood what he does for a living. (laughs) Um, So that's been sort of a secondary cool thing that we've been able to do. You know, Ethan, when I really think about the depth of what you're doing and breaking it down so the layman can understand academia, many young people today are really suffering from high anxiety, knowing that they're in an environmental crisis, not just because there's an environmental crisis, but they don't know if there's going to be a world in 20 years for them to live in, let alone, and they're left to solve it. So you're taking some really complex, deep issues and breaking it into simplicity. And I suspect a lot of your audience is also some of the younger people who want to know what they can do in practical ways. Yeah, I think that young people just is logically the audience we were trying to target. First off, podcast listeners skew younger. Also, obviously, people are more interested in the environment when they know they're going to be living in it for a long time. I would uh, say that anyone young and old should care about this because even if you're around next year or in two years, this will affect you. It's happening right now. But to your other point, I think we're sort of in a weird place where it's always framed as stopping climate change. That's just not where we're at. We can't stop anything from happening. The carbon that's in the atmosphere now will continue to absorb solar radiation over the next century plus. But what we can do is try to get it under control and think about what type of world do we want for ourselves in 20 years, 50 years, 100 years. And that I think gets into, you can talk about mitigation, cutting down carbon emissions as much as you can. You can talk about adaptation. How do we deal with the fact that all our cities are on coasts that are being inundated by sea level rise and hurricanes? How do we deal with these wildfires? Um, And you can talk about many other uh, things of like geoengineering, which would be either capturing carbon out of the atmosphere, or uh, we have an episode this week on solar geoengineering, which is a whole other thing I'm not going to get into right now, but um, all these different types of solutions we can talk about, but we have to frame it as trying to get climate change under control, trying to think about what world we want for ourselves. So it will be different, but we can make it as good as we can. Mm -hmm. And you've tried, I guess, through this uh, approach to make it not so depressing you know, sometimes you walk away from these documentaries and go, oh, it's completely hopeless. Why even bother? But you've kind of flipped it on its head by saying, well, by making it more understandable and approachable, maybe there is something we can do. Absolutely. There is just because climate change has started and is here now, and we're seeing some of the disastrous effects with hurricanes, wildfires, heat waves, Um, The Thwaites Glacier in Antarctica, which is a glacier the size of Florida, 
has been being held back by this ice shelf for all these years and scientists are now discovering the ice shelf has cracked and will uh, probably break in five years or so and then this glacier will fall into the ocean. All of this is happening and I fully agree that that's really scary, really overwhelming. For me, it's really just coming down to how we frame this because if we're trying to think about stopping climate change, that's kind of hopeless. We're not going to do that, but we don't need to do that. We can live in a world with a warmer climate. We just have to take, we have to embrace the fact that we know this is going to happen. That's a big thing. And then figure out what we want to do about that. What do you see as the largest obstacle to embracing the change, right? And I love the reframe that you're presenting. There is a re that that's a little bit, you can take off bites and seem to manage that. But what are the biggest obstacles and challenges that face actually embracing creating a new future? My big concern, which was a big part of why I started this podcast was that people of different political views do not want to talk to each other. And so we're not even on the same page about what the problems are. I think it was a Pew Research study where in 1991, it was around 20, 25% of Democrats and Republicans viewed each other as very unfavorable. In 2016, it was up to like 55% and God knows what it is today. (laughs) If we're not talking to each other, we're just not going to be on the same page about what the problems are. And I feel like if we can take that one step and agree on what the problem is, which is science, it's facts. I think there's been people who don't quite understand how big a problem it is. I feel like there have been people who have overstated what the problem is. If we can agree on that, then the policy follows we're going to disagree on how to approach it. And that's very good. Um, We want that kind of engagement, but ultimately if everyone agrees on what the problem is, then we can take a lot of steps towards solving it. Mm -hmm. So that's really what I try to do. And as I look through some of the topics of the podcast episodes, I see a list here from fracking to ADHD to maple syrup to jellyfish. I mean, (laughs) it's a wide range. What's the thread? Is there any thread that you've seen through these varied topics? Not not to overly, you know, deduce it down to one thing, but is there a commonality that we could look at? There's a few. Um, One big one is there's been this environment versus economy dichotomy that's been out there for a while. And every episode, week in and week out, we find that to just not be accurate. Um, Very often helping the environment helps the economy. If you think about the amount that it costs to clean up hurricanes and wildfires and all that, trillions of dollars. So there's that, but even just in the present day, uh, solar and wind are becoming increasingly cheap and competitive uh, energy sources. And even just in our own lives, you think about climate is very often about efficiency. If you think about how do you make your heating run on less energy, how does your car burn less gas, you're helping the climate, but you're also saving money. And there's even been, you can see buying an electric car versus using your current car to the end of its life 
it actually uses more emissions to buy the new electric car because of all of the inputs that go into making it. Now, if you're about to buy a new car, then you can say, hey, this one's going to burn a little less. But overall, uh, using your current car is a little better. So things like that, you can really see how the economic side and the environmental side actually go hand in hand rather than being opposed. Love it. We also like to kind of look under the hood of the operation that you've got here, Ethan. I mean, you've been able to uh, not only draw a lot of these guests, you know, on the expert level, but also uh, obtain grants. You became a PBS partner. I mean, you're really starting to attract the right kind of teammates and collaborators and promoters. How, How have you been able to do that? It started just from the beginning. I knew I needed help because I knew nothing about podcasts at the time. So I had asked a few friends to help me, one of whom actually had a lot of experience with podcasting. Um, And the others, one was more environmental, one was more uh, graphics and comedy person. So we put together a team of four and I was very fortunate that I knew these people, I trusted these people, and it was in the middle of quarantine and they were bored out of their minds. But oh, we can relate. <laughs> we can relate. I've never been Make sourdough way. or make a podcast. Yeah, yeah. I was already tired of my air fryer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we started with the four of us and then maybe a few months in, we, we had thought this would just be maybe make 10 episodes, have a good time, but we really realized we were doing something cool. And so we brought in a few more team members to help on the research side, sort of uh, was able to keep the group together until um, I decided to reach out to, I had worked the summer of 2019 as an intern for uh, WNET, the PBS New York station. They have these multi-platform initiatives and one of them is Peril and Promise, which is on climate change. What they do is largely they work with outside content creators to uh, license and distribute their content. And I knew during quarantine, they were struggling a little bit to stay active. And so I reached out and said, hey, remember me? Um, I'm working on this podcast. I think you might like it. And we connected and it's been really great since then. We've been able to actually get some funding so I can pay the team members, can't pay myself yet, but hopefully we get there in the near future. And yeah, I feel like we've kind of been treading water, but I think we're in the right direction where we can really start to grow. You're speaking every entrepreneur's, you know, cycle. I'm treading water, <laughs> right? Like, I think every great we can survive, has- something's going to hit. I'm pretty sure that's the actual quote from most meetings. Yeah. <laughs> so what is, do you have an end goal in mind? Is it a natural evolution? I mean, for you, this clearly is something you're passionate about, right? You're articulate, you're able to synthesize information in a meaningful way. What is the end goal here? The mission statement that, and I'm not going to get this word for word, but we wanted to be able to communicate environmental issues in a less overwhelming, less politicized and more fun way. And the second piece of that, which we don't always say, but the goal of that was to help people engage in conversation and find common ground with people they might not agree with. So the first part of that I think we're doing and we're working to expand on that. We're working on a new website design, which will with it come a lot of new web content. So there will be a 
second spinoff podcast probably in March. We'll have we'll have actual news content from a couple of the journalism folks on our team. I'll be writing some columns. Uh, some of the comedy people will be supplying some lists and quizzes and fun stuff there. So we're really working to expand our content offering. But I hope that it also becomes a conversation forum. And that's where my coding knowledge isn't quite where I want it to be, but hopefully we can build that out in the coming years and create a space where maybe it's people just commenting with each other. Maybe it's, um, we are starting a Reddit page, so that might be a way to do it. Uh, maybe we host live conversations for people, but I wanna create a space where people can feel comfortable engaging on climate change and in particular with people they might not agree with because from all the interactions I've had, I find that we have a lot more in common than we think we do. And even if there are other issues where you feel like you have fundamental moral differences, I think it's worth um, kind of confronting this issue head on and finding common ground. Mm -hmm. So good. I wanted to be sure that let people know where to find the podcast and where to learn more about what the work you're doing. Sure. The Sweaty Penguin is available on all podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, what have you. We're also at thesweatypenguin.com. We're also at pbs.org slash peril and promise. That's where you can find our partner. And if you want to support the show even further, we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash thesweatypenguin. There you can get merch, you can get bonus content, a whole bunch of fun stuff. And that goes a long way toward uh, keeping us growing and treading water, as I said earlier. That's there you go. Maybe big, I love that water. we can buy our sweaty penguin swag. I mean, uh, that just I, makes me so excited. Exactly. Yeah, I, have the, I have the t-shirt and the mug and they're just <laughs> adorable. That's right. Well, and I love... Uh, this is a, what on TV they call the crossover event. So Ethan, our next guest is the head of a company called Ethical Swag. And it's all about swag that doesn't make a big carbon footprint on the earth. So uh, maybe I'll connect you two and uh, yeah, have a conversation fun. about swag. <laughs> well, we did do an episode on fast fashion and boy, that was a big eye opener. I definitely recommend it. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you if there was one in particular. That's a good place to start then. We'll start on the fast fashion episode. Yeah, that is an older one. So I'll say the audio quality is very bad on it. If you want one that's a little better that audio too. quality. Um, <laughs> I recommend our chocolate one, which was pretty recent. But yeah, start with whatever topic interests you. I love that. As we wrap things up, Ethan, I wanted to pick up on your thought here, the, the over-politicizing and even cross-generational, you know, what, whatever you're coming at, environment versus economy. But let's imagine we were having this coffee shop moment here and we need to have not a left, not a right, not a red, not a blue conversation, but let's find some kind of middle understanding. How would you facilitate that discussion? How would you get us to that common ground? It's a challenge. I think that for me, I try to first off separate out the problems and the facts from the possible solutions. I'll start just by explaining exactly what's going on, how it affects not just the environment, but the economy, health, justice, national security. I feel like that gives people sort of a reason to care if they're not maybe the type to care about the sea turtles or the polar bears, they might care about their income or their health or what have you. And then when I talk about solutions, I don't say this is what we need to do. I'll discuss the pros and cons of each, and I'll try to offer up a variety of 
So there's regulatory solutions, there's market-based solutions, there's individual ones, technological ones, political ones. I try to offer up a variety and discuss the pros and cons very clearly because I don't have a dog in what solution we do. I just want to do something. So I hope that by doing that, I can move the conversation away from what is the problem to how do we fix it? So if we're having that conversation, there's not really an outcome where we're going to decide, let's do nothing. We're going to figure out something to do. And there's historical precedent for that as well. So that's really what I'm trying to do. And um, hopefully that can make a difference. Well, I'm going to nominate you as my delegate for government. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. We could could use that kind of common sense approach. Let's call it that. Ethan, thanks so much for being on our show. And Kirsten, as I think about these conversations we're having about leaders with impact, you know, we don't just look at the boardroom. We don't just look at CEOs on the cover of Inc. Magazine. We look at people like Ethan as a different kind and a new generation of leaders, don't we? We really do, Mark. I mean, I'm really, I'm genuinely moved all, you know, all the fun and joking aside. What I have heard today It's just repeating of the word solution, right? Media is so indoctrinated in putting the problem down our throat and dividing humanity in totality. And Ethan's talked about solution. So just be in dialogue and create solution. Be in dialogue, create solution. And that if we had that repetitive statement, maybe we'd be in a much different place. Yeah, good thing to be aspiring to. Well, thanks again, Ethan, for being on our show. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was really great to be here and I'm very flattered by all your kind words. So uh, absolutely. And Kirsten, never, all kidding aside, never the jokes put aside. We're always going to joke. We, 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 like a little, we like a little humor and hope here too, folks. <laughs> Please. <laughs> well, our guest has been Ethan Brown, He's the founder and host of a PBS climate podcast called The Sweaty Penguin. I think you're going to love it. And come back again for our next episode of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. We talk to conscious leaders. We talk about conscious leadership, how to elevate the work and principles in our life to reach our full human potential, our soul's purpose. So for Kirsten Goldie, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're IntelliKey Leadership Stories. See you next time. Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn and visit our website, pureintellikey.com. I'm Jared Kajak. Join us again for our next episode of IntelliKey Leadership Stories. This podcast is produced by BSB Media. We also host two other podcasts you might enjoy, Unlocking Your World of Creativity and Five Minutes of Peace. Subscribe today and leave a review on your favorite podcast player.